welcome to Dead's Not Punk, episode 6. Hi Stuart. Hi Ewan. Gotta give you all a disclaimer before we start, right? For some reason, on the last podcast, my voice was so quiet. And I know you all like the dulcet tones of the Celtic accent in your ear when you're travelling to work or wherever you're listening to the, uh, the podcast from. I must apologise. I got quite relaxed. We, did, we recorded the last one in my flat. I think I was on the couch <laughs> lying back. So apologies for that. Listen, we're getting it right. This is probably going to be the last one that Stuart and I will do together. We're going to look to have a guest on the next one. Well, we will be doing it together. We'll oh, just we have, will be doing yeah. it. Oh, you're not going anywhere. No, no, right? this partnership can't be split up. That'll oh, be no, like no, the no. end of Morecambe and Wise. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be the best place to do it. We should get a double bed. What, like in Morecambe and Wise? In Morecambe and Wise and dress up in stripey, you know. Well, and do that routine with the breakfast preparation. <laughs> with cotton pyjamas on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get, do it. And get into yeah. bed. When I mean, we move I, on to the podcast being recorded on video... Yes. And we'll do a Morecambe and Wise routine. We shall definitely do a Morecambe yeah. and Wise. Because you do bring me sh- sunshine. <laughs> sunshine? <laughs> yeah. I haven't flat. been drinking. <laughs> it's like a Sean Connery. That's it, yes. Uh, bring me sunshine. Right. Okay. Money penny. So, uh, so, welcome along. Uh, episode 6, 78 into 79, Stuart. I know. Well, we never really finished on 78 last time because we got we disappeared down a Brian Ferry of punk rabbit hole. Um, we did. So, looking forward to picking Although it up. Although one of our listeners did mention that Nick Cave was the Brian Ferry of punk. You reckon? Yes. Is he? He's from Australia. Yeah. I don't know if you qualify for the Brian Ferry of punk. I know, why, why, why was that comment even brought up? The Brian, uh, did I see Billy Idol was the Brian, Brian Ferry, Ferry of, of punk? I think Bri- Billy Idol qualifies for the Brian Ferry of punk a lot more than Nick Cave. Right. But, um, and, I, and I take the point that some other listener tech, uh, emailed in and said about, actually Brian Ferry did some all right stuff when he was in Roxy Music in the early days, which is a fair point. It is a fair point. Um, <laughs> But maybe it's an age thing, Stuart. It's all, yeah, I guess And so. it, it all comes down to, you know, what age you were when you listened to the first Clash album or what age you were when you heard Never Mind the Box. Yeah. And, you know, we do have, we do, we, we do uh, cater for the elderly gentlemen in this podcast as well as the elderly females. Well, we have to cater for the elderly gentlemen because that's, that's what we are. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, anyway, was when, when we get to episode 100, we'll be in a nursing home. <laughs> yeah, we were, well, I'd argue that you were nearly in a nursing home when we recorded the last episode. You reminded me of that image of Jacob Rees-Mogg when he was in the House of Parliament reclining back on the leather seats, and that's why the sound was so crap. Yeah. So apologies, everybody. So apologies for that. Apologies yeah. for that, guys uh, and girls. Um, so a bit of housekeeping before we start. Um, well pointed out by one of our listeners that we made a fatal error regarding the Ramones. Christmas Day uh, show, or New Year's Day show in London, was not at the Roundhouse in London. It was at the, the Rainbow. Rainbow. Yeah. Where was the Rainbow in London? Do you remember? It was in Finsbury Park, isn't it? Finsbury Park, yeah, yeah. that's right, yeah. yeah. And the, the bill that night was the Ramones, Generation X and the Rizillos. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. What, what a great night that would have been. Yeah, amazing. I mean, we do have to remind everybody that we have to try and remember all this stuff. And on occasion, we're not going to get our facts right. Um, but that's the beauty of it. I think if we sat down here with a script, it wouldn't be two blokes sitting in the pub talking about music they love. No, it would be rubbish. It, it uh, would be scripted. It would be. Well, it wouldn't be rubbish because we'd be doing it. So yeah, it'd yeah, still yeah, be good. Yeah, it just yeah, wouldn't true. be as good. True. Let's be fair. Um, so that was the first bit. Then a fatal error by you, Stuart. I'm sorry about that. What it, I'm, I'm going to lay the blame firmly on your doorstep on this one. Right. When we did our Christmas edition, there was a band that you managed to get in every podcast we've done. <laughs> yeah. Yet you never mentioned the damned single. There ain't no sanity clause. Well, I'm just saying that with the Christmas single episode, the singles are all generally so pants that I didn't want to lump the damned in amongst cheesy Christmas records. So there ain't even no sanity clause. You've got a little captain's head around to make cheesy records. Well, you like a bit of that because you like pop. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
So this we're coming on to pop. It's cut, we're coming on to pop. Yeah. We're going to hit that point in this one, and, and definitely in this episode. Are we mentioning any dead people? The only one I can think of is Lisa Marie Presley. Yeah, that's an interesting one to mention. Good, good call, because not really punk, but kind no, of a sort of... from a bit of a cursed family. Well, yeah. You know, her dad died in 77. He did die in 77, yeah, the and, king. Uh, what age was Elvis when he died? 50? He was 42, I think. Was he? Or 44. It's 44 stone. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's sitting in the... Do you, know that, do you know I went to Graceland's? Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, the Jungle right. Room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, really interesting if you ever get the chance. They have that. They have an airplane, private jet. It's I know, with TCB on the fin. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Taking care of business. Taking care of business, yeah. yeah. So, you know, that... Elvis... Elvis played a big part in... Music? Music, the history yeah. of music. Although the Clash did famously... And no Elvis Beatle or the folks. No, no, no Elvis Beatle or the Rolling Stones. I think Public Enemy had a few things to say about him as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, an interesting character, an interesting family. She, I mean, but cursed. I think her son committed suicide. Her son died, and, you know, she was relatively young when she died, and, you know, just a crazy. She did, she did alright. She got to 54, Stuart. I know, well, she's done, but, well, we, we're marginally better off. <laughs> marginally we did, better we off did marginally better than Lisa Marie Presley. Lisa Marie. But very sad when people die. Yeah, and, very uh, sad, so yeah. uh, condolences there. Um, ran a couple of competitions since the last episode on yeah. uh, Instagram and socials. And just a shout out to the band. They, they, were, they were around the same night. One was a picture from the 60s of a famous artist who looked nothing like what he looked like when he became a pop star. And a shout out to Gadge. That was indeed Mark Bowen. And the other one, shout out to Pete, uh, was one of my favourite bands. Yeah. As we moved away. And into 79 and 80. The guy was a journalist for the NME. Very heavily socialist. Mm. Socialistly active. Not social, mm. socially active. Mm. guy named Exmoor. We're in the Redskins. Was in the Redskins. And that kick, kick over the statues. Which, is, which, was a, which was quite sort of prophetic in a way, wasn't it? When all that stuff kicked off about... Bristol, when those people knocked over the statue of yeah. Colston and everyone, well, not everybody, but a lot of people were up in arms about statues and someone defaced Winston Churchill. Ironically, similarly, probably the same people who clapped when people pulled the statue of Saddam Hussein over in Iraq. That was all right. You can pull that one over. But, oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, you know no slavers. Don't, let's not touch <laughs> any of those statues. Um, so, yeah, the Redskins. Yeah. And the reason I posted it was because I... I feel as though there's a lack of any sort of music around at the moment that has a political statement. Well, that's, and that is pretty sad. Yeah, that's interesting because, I mean, I suppose you could argue that idols yeah, sort of I touch would. on, a, and, ba- and, ba- and bands we've been to see, like Bad Breeding, are obviously very political, yeah, yeah. but sit in that sort of entrenched in benefits great band. I mean, we're going to see them, aren't we? Here we are. We're going to see them at 100 Club. Yeah. Benefits great band. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Great, uh, great lyrical content mm. in there as well. I mean, Sleaford Mods as well are quite. Oh, Sleaford Mods have just announced their new album today. Yeah, it's the UK and, Grim. Yeah, UK Grim. Yeah, and the all the artwork's done by that guy Cold War Steve. Yeah, brilliant. And, it, and they've done a video with Cold War yeah. Steve in it as well. It's absolutely amazing. Oh, I'd love to get them on. Oh, that would be. That would They're from Nottingham as well. That would be incredible. Yeah. Well, where Robin Hood came from. Yeah. Well, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from you. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, Redskins, that was the reason I posted that up. And um, a few episodes ago, we had a bit of an Did article. we get a winner for any of those? Yeah. Did Gadge do Mark? Yeah, Gadge did Mark. Who Bowen did the Redskins? And Pete did the Redskins. Oh, right, sorry, I'm following so, yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mentioned that. Keep, yeah. Keep, Apologies, yeah. Keep with the program. No, I was, think, the I was sitting here thinking about the Redskins. I really like them. You're really right to mention them. They're, I'm, do I you know what? When I, on my way home, after we've done this, I'm going to listen to that album. Yeah. And seemingly, I can't remember his, his real name, but his journalistic name was Exmoor. And seemingly, he's now a recluse. Really? Yeah. It's really sad. He's not living on Exmoor. He's not living on Exmoor. And, you know, it, it, it did, it got me thinking. And that was part of why, 
what we post on socials is to get us thinking and also to think of content that we can put into future shows. Mm. But one of the things that um, sparked a debate a few episodes ago was, um, and I'm going to bring it up, having watched a lot of documentaries over Christmas and New Year, I watched the Phil Spector documentary mm. on Sky. Mm. How was that? Guys as mad as a bag of spanners. Oh, clearly he's right. taken a mean, gun into yeah, the studio. He, I mean, he took a gun and, and pointed a gun at nearly every artist yeah. he worked with in yeah. the studio. Mind you, we've all worked with artists, so I've got a certain amount of sympathy with him. I was a joke. It was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were. We were please yeah. don't email in no. about that. It was a joke. Uh, please don't email in. But no, the first two episodes were about his musical career and what he was doing, and he was the innovator. Of bubblegum pop. Right. Right. And when I talk about bubblegum pop, which had a big influence on certain art acts within punk rock. Right. Hear me out on this. I am. I'm sitting here quietly. You had a go at me for liking pop. No, oh, I don't know if you could class it as a go. Well, right. So, I what, did. what I consider, that it's a really good question. You asked me before we came up, what, what do you think pop music is, right? Yeah. And to me, pop music is, it gives you an emotion. It's got a great chorus, pop sensibility, something you can sing along to, and something that um, gives pleasure to people. I mean, I suppose the sort of basic definition of pop music is popular music. That's why it's called pop. So anything that's popular, by definition, could be classed as pop music. However, their sort of subtext to pop music is disposable because it's just... So was you've lost that loving feeling that the Righteous Brothers are a disposable record? I wouldn't... I would say that no. No. I don't think the so Righteous... pop? I would say that it's pop in the context of popular music. But, I'm, but that's why I'm posing the question, what do you mean? Do you mean, would you call the Crazy Frog because it's popular something in the same class as the Beach Boys or the Righteous Brothers, and I right. wouldn't because they have a legacy. The Crazy Frog is just a disposable... No, it's just fucking annoying. Sorry, it's just... Well, no, I think the, the F word there was it was very well used. <laughs> but Sorry, listeners. Yeah. So I, 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 I'm just saying that I think pop music has lots of meanings. One is popular music because that's the definition of pop, as in pop, as in popular. But disposable comes into it, throwaway singles... You know, the one hit wonders just there was a lot, but there was a lot of one hit wonders in punk. There were a lot of one hit wonders in punk, and I, and I know this has come up. I mean, I know people have emailed us in about that because I made the comment about pop. And what I meant was is that punk came out of a, a new scene, and a lot of it was DIY. And so, if bands like Buzzcocks were making pop records, it was because they were getting access to the music industry that had hitherto been denied to a lot of people, which punk broke open. So we can argue about the definition of popular music, pop, but we can also try and understand what we mean by that. And I guess I should probably reclass my phrase to disposable music. Right, okay. Because so you're not going to spontaneously combust. No, I'm not going to spontaneously combust. I worry about the Avril Lavigne uh, Youngblood record. Oh, well, no, one of the famous pop records of last okay, year. Yeah, well, you may think that, and I, and you know, and I, and I, and I'm not going to spontaneously combust because you know I like loads of pop stuff. I'm reading, I'm reading a great book at the moment. I've got it here in my bag. I'm going to get it out, and it's it's called uh, Do What You Want, and it's the story of Bad Religion, uh, yeah. written by Bad Religion with the uh, ghostwriter Jim Ruland. Um, I don't know how when it was released. It was probably a couple of years ago. But I really like Bad Religion. Right. Okay. And actually, you know, I think that Greg Graffin and 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 Brett and Bad Religion sort of did do a bit of changing. And we haven't really talked a lot about American punk bands, no, we haven't, which no. we which we which we were remiss on really. But uh, well, we have talked about a few of them, haven't we? We, we have. And going back to the Phil Spector thing, yeah. the last band that Phil Spector worked with was the Ramones. Well, end of the century. End of the yeah. century album. Yeah. And, uh, I think we talked about, we were trying to guess which album it was that he worked on in one of the previous episodes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, it's in that documentary. Yeah. And uh, they weren't very complimentary about it. I mean, they were, I would say the Ramones were, would be hard work to work with. Mm. But Phil Spector was even harder work. Well, he took a gun into the studio, didn't he? And he was a bit crazy. They most famously took a gun to Leonard Cohen's head. 
Well, I mean, the main stuff will go back in and not leave the studio and, until and, and answer, an answer for the track Hallelujah. Yeah. But um, I, 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 well, I um, well, anyway, bad, bad religion, bad pop music. So you listen to bad religion and with the with the oohs and the ahs and the harmonies, exactly. harmonies, which is very pop. And I'm, correct me if I'm wrong. Brett from Bad Religion runs Epitaph. He does, yeah. So Epitaph signed Offspring. Yeah. That to me is pop. I get that, and I take that argument. I'm not. I'm not going to blow a gasket over that because it's popular music. Yeah. And I'm saying I'm reclassifying my terminology to. I didn't, I didn't want to come here to get you to reclassify. I wanted to have a heated debate. Yeah, well, I, I want, if you want to, you know, if because you want to get into it, I think pop music. I think punk became I, sort I of pop that, as it became more popular. Yeah, yeah. But, it, but never mind the bollocks came out with tracks like Bodies. Yeah. You're not going to get that played on mainstream radio or... Does that mean it's pop? Well, I think it became... I think the Pistols became pop because they became, by definition, popular. Yeah. But, you know, then there's other Discharge or Anthrax, you know, or the Amoebics. They're not... They're, they stayed within a sort of subset and I wouldn't call them pop. No, no. You know, I think Discharge had a crack at being See, I, pop I, I, with Grave New World, but we, let's not talk about that album. No. Yeah. Um, see, to me, music was always about, it was that enjoyment factor when you heard it, and that almost like sing along. Yeah, I love singing. And I don't mean sing along in, in a Sham 69 if the kids are united way. Terrorist right? chanting. <laughs> yeah. Terrorist football chanting. I mean, you know, when something's got a melody and something's got, you know, and it's probably why I ended up working in music publishing because I understood the value of that first chorus, first chorus, middle eight, double chorus end. Yeah, but then, you know, the whole, what we talked about with the podcast. You wouldn't get that. You wouldn't get that now. In a GBH record, well, there are some GBH <laughs> records that do have that song structure, and I mean, you know, we are getting a bit geeky here. And the the point of the podcast was to talk about punk and how it, how it sort of democratized music and took it, but how it evolved as well. It did evolve, and, and we talked the, about that with Bad Religion and Buzzcocks being, you know, they wrote pop songs, and I take that point. I'm agreeing with you. They did take that point and those songs became popular. I'm listening to a lot of Bad Religion because I'm reading the book. Yeah. Great book, by the way, if you want to know about Bad Religion. Can't, it's really good. But, um, and then and, and there are other bands because I'm listening to Bad Religion and I went back and had a bit of a, a sort of moment on listening to some straight edge bands out of the US because I really like all that stuff. Seven Seconds and, you know, You For Today and Shelter and stuff. And there are loads of pop. pop Fugazi. I love them. You've never even mentioned them. No, I mean, and out of my, of course, they were minor threat. Ian, Ian, Mac Ian Mackay. Ian Mackay. Yeah, and and mine. Ian Mackay. Not, no, He's not. The works. Yeah, yeah, it's a slightly <laughs> different band. Definitely pop. Yeah. Um. So where are we going with this? Are we talking about 1978 or are we? We're going to continue talking about 1978. One of the things, as we always do, is we look at uh, areas of media like what we talked about in 77 and 78 with John Peel's Festive 50. I must say, yeah. again from another listener, John Peel's Festive 50 shirt was voted by the listeners of John Peel. Is that like the guy that emailed you from Scotland? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's good at good emails. No, no, it wasn't him. It was somebody else. What was it? Yeah, it was Thank you, pardon. Scotland email guy. <laughs> it's, not, it's not an email guy from Scotland. Um, and uh, that was basically why you got the what I would say, the arse end of prog in the Festive 50. Yeah, because well, the readers were still sort of hanging on to... Is that why Dire Straits sold it? Hanging on to why Dire Straits is yeah. in there and why Led Zeppelin's in there. And, yeah, fair uh, enough. You know, and uh, because I could never believe that John Peel and John Waters would ever have been... It was John Waters' mm. producer. Mm. He also did Hairspray. No, that was the film director. And not the 90s Britpop band, the Frank and Walters. <laughs> <laughs> we could not. go on with this, couldn't we? <laughs> Definitely not the Frank yeah. and Walters, no. Um, so it's voted for by the public. And then if you, when you actually get to the 79 Festive 50, it's almost 100% punk. punk or New Wave. Or New Wave. Because yeah. New Wave was happening at that it point was, as yeah. well. Yeah. You know, there was, there was bands coming through. And, you know, we looked at Festive 50, John Peel's Festive 50 the last time. One of the things I was going to have a look at was uh, one of my favourite magazines at the time. There was, um, obviously, NME, Sounds, Melody mm. Maker, Record, Record Mirror, and things like that. Jackie, Just 17. Yep. Looking. <laughs> Looking. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
great magazine edited by Chris Needs. Yeah. Called Zigzag. Great magazine. Right. Yeah. Zigzag. I remember Needs. the slits being on the front. Yeah. 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 They had some great, great yeah. interviews. And Zigzag was edited by Chris Needs, who used to run the Motley Hoople fan club. Wow. And uh, edited Zigzag for a while in 77, 78, 79. Then went on to be a writer and then appeared as a dance act. What, Chris Needs? Secret knowledge. Google it. No, I'm not going to Google it. We're doing well, it live. Well, yeah. you know, when, when we finished, he started making dance records right at the time Primal Screen did. Yeah. But what was the greatest thing about Zigzag was they had their end of year polls. I remember. Right? And, you know, just having a look at the, the, the 78 one, it's actually pretty interesting, you know, who is in this poll. So this would have been everything that had happened over... In the, 1978. In 1978, yeah. right. And... Um, it is, uh, uh, have, you got, have you got a copy of it? No, then? this would be everything that happened in 1977. So is it what, really? So it's at the beginning of 78. I reckon it was at the end of 78. No, because the best album of um, the last 12 months in this one was Another Music by the Buscocks. That came out in 78. No the Bollocks by the Pistols. Hmm. That came out the year before, didn't it? Yes. This year's model by Elvis Costello. Oh, that was 78. Easter by Patti Smith. No, we haven't even mentioned yeah. Patty Smith. Oh, well, I mean, because we don't mention the American bands enough, and I think we need to do we an episode. Have. Okay, we, okay, all right. We mentioned bad religion. We, well, we mentioned bad. Um, our bad religion can become the new damned, or I've got to mention well, it. Well, they may, yeah. they may well be. They yeah. may well be. Um, the Clash, The Clash was 77. Yeah. I mean, is it just that people are mentioning the albums that they like? It may be. It may be a mixture of stuff that came out in 77 and 78. What else is in there? Because Generation X is in there, and I think that was 78. Yeah, I think you're right. What, anything else? Two Sevens Clash by Culture. Wow. What a great album. Great record. Right. I'm really surprised that's in there. Yeah, that's in there. You know. Oh, that's a good one to listen to. Yeah. What, 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 okay, so what other, sub, what other topics, what other... Are we so, going through? What are we doing? Are we going I'm through? Just, I'm just having yeah, a it's look very interesting. I'm picking out things. The album now by the Flaming Groovies. Do you remember them? I do remember yeah, them. Yeah, American. Another thing that we, you know, we should maybe have a look at. Pink Flag by Wire. Oh, brilliant record. Which we've touched on before. That was '77. Tell the Truth by Sham '69. Yeah. Black and White with Stranglers. Is this the best albums? Yeah. Yeah. Best singles. Okay, well, no. so this is the zigzag poll of 1978, yeah. best singles. I Can't Knock, number one. Well, okay. It's complete control by The Clash. Oh, brilliant. And it is one of those records that still stands up today. When you're in a pub and you're waiting to go to a gig and that comes on, yeah. you think, well, it just gives you that feeling of you want, yeah. you know, the energy mm. of that record. Number two, Pretty Vacant by The Pistols. Classic. Number three, what do I get with the Buzzcocks? Great. Number four, a record that I know that we both love. Mm. And surprised it's above God Save the Queen by the Pistols in this poll. is shot by both sides by Magazine. Magazine are a good band. Oh, underrated band. I'm underrated. Remember yeah. when we had I know that, oh, I do remember, we talked about that. And, and I also... Blokes. I, yeah, yeah, of a certain age, shape and size. But I... I, I listen to magazine quite a lot. Secondhand Daylight's one of my favourite... Well, my favourite magazine album is the live album Play, which right. came out in 1980. Because I went to see magazine in Northampton at the, road, at the Guild Hall back around then. And I really liked them. Bauhaus were around because they were from Northampton. And it was that sort of era. Mm. And I really liked that Play record. And I, and I bought it on vinyl. And it came, they were on Virgin, weren't they? Yeah, no, yeah. 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 And I, so do you think magazine, you know, magazine weren't what you would class as punk no they did some early the early well shot by both sides is quite a sort of new yeah. wavy record isn't it but well, no so they weren't they were a lot more arty he's got that classic old lake. well it's off real life isn't it i've got a t-shirt for it 
It's got the, the shape faces on it. I am ugly as sin. Uh, uh, that's, uh, what is that? That's not a shot. That's a shot song from one of the floorboards. Song from one of the floorboards. The floorboards. Yeah. That's a great record. Yeah, there is, so magazine good band. We're not as ugly as sin, by the way. No. You, will, you will see us at it's, some point. <laughs> it's not listeners, but apart from when he's lying back on the couch, not talking into the microphone and messing up the sound. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I feel a bit like Jacob Rees-Mogg. Jacob Rees-Mogg, yeah. Waiting for the nanny to feed me milk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the mag getting back to magazine and not Jacob Rees Mogg's much yeah. more interesting. So magazine, good band. So but they're not nineteen seventy eight. Well they are, aren't they? Because they've done shop up the real life album. Yeah. Good album. But they also had good players in yeah. the band. John McGeoch. Just trying to bring him yeah. in. John McGeoch is probably and I'm gonna give another shout out to another listener who sent me an email about John McGeoch saying one of the most innovative guitarists that ever came out. Yeah. Got to agree with you. Mm. You know who you are. Got to agree with you. Mm. John McGeer, in was he in magazine after he left the Banshees or was he in the Banshees? No, I thought he was in magazine first. And then he went on to be in the Banshees once Robert Smith had left to go back to the Cure. I think that's the, the timeline of that. Yeah. But the bass player in magazine, what was his name? Um... Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. I'm going to have to admit defeat on that. I'd have to look it up. No, don't I'm not look looking it up now, but I will look it up. up. Don't look it up now, please. No. Uh, but yeah, they were they were extremely qualified players, musicians, magazine. Yeah. And um, where was what was Barry Adamson? Barry Adamson, that's who I'm thinking of. He's the best. Yeah, because he was in. I was just going through in my mind when you were talking. Who was in magazine? And yeah, Barry Adamson. He was the bass player. Yeah, a phenomenal bass yeah. player, right? And um, he went on to work with Nick Cave, didn't he? Wasn't he with Visage? No. I think he did work with Steve Strange. What and Rusty after, Egan? After in 1979, after um, yeah. I think so, but I don't know that for sure. I don't know that for sure. I, I, again, these—I I mean, we've just started talking about this, and I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I'm not up on it, but. Um, Barry Adamson, that's who I was thinking of. Though. Yeah. So then he's in Banshees, isn't he, for a couple of years? Oh, McGeoch is. Yeah, McGeoch. I doesn't he? He's in Pill. He's in Pill in a classic period of well, in the. I was going to say the more poppy period of Pill. <laughs> I think it was in the Happy album and Nine. Right. That that what is not an album. He's on that. I think Lydon really liked him. I, I, in the in the pill documentary, he talks quite. He talks quite uh, positively about that sort of time. But. Um, but anyway, were you talking a lot about I'm him? I'm taking you to point, and I don't think Barry Adamson was in Visage. I think he was in Nick Cage. No, John McGeoch. John McGeoch was in Visage. No. I think I'm, I don't again. No, I'm, no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just. I've, why have I got that in my head? I don't know. And I'm. And, and there's I'm just, some connection. There's some connection somewhere in my memory. You, you mentioned. You mentioned Pill there. Yeah. And I think a little part of our discussion mm -hmm. should be about Hawaii. What? Okay. What the Pill track? Yeah. Why? Why would? One of the one of the things, and you probably hate it more than me. What the track? No, Eurovision. Oh my God, Eurovision Song Contest been going for years. I, I love it. Loads of pop. Sandy Shaw, pop it on a string. Cliff Richard, Brotherhood of Man. Some classic singles. Some classic disposable rubbish. Lordy, <laughs> Lordy. Sam Ryder. This is the current state of the British music industry. Sam Ryder has been nominated for a Brit Award this year. The guy who represented Britain or the United Kingdom in last year's Eurovision didn't win. Ukraine won. Why is John Lydon and Public Image representing Ireland? Because he's Irish. Oh, no, no, that's not the point. I don't care about that. Yeah. Surely. What? Eurovision is so establishment. Well, if he wants to, if he if he went, if he's anything to do with representing England, he's got no chance of winning because we never win. Everyone hates us. Nil point. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> Ireland only only won twice. Dana. Dana and uh, somebody in the green suit. I remember. That wasn't that Dana. <laughs> it was a bloke, Johnny Logan or something. All right, okay. Well, that was a lucky guess. <laughs> I don't know. Had to be, didn't hey. it? Hey, Pat Patrick, someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Paddy Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> Paddy Murphy. We've been, no, we've no, been no. racist there. No, no. I, but you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just wanted to bring that up. Why do you think he's doing it? Is it alongside... I think he's raising money for, to, for the care of um, right. for Norma, isn't he? I think that's why. Which is why he's probably done all the things that we think... I think, and also, when he did the butter, I quite like that about him. I'm quite like it. He did the country life stuff, the butter stuff to raise money for the pill album. Right. And he's quite open about that. And I quite like the fact that he's a bit on Andy Warhol, isn't it? He plays the, he play, it's a feedback loop with him, plays the celebrity back and then does his thing. But I think with Hawaii, and I don't, I've listened to the track a few times and I've read a bit of stuff about it and I've got them on the public image Web's the I, quite like I quite like it as well, and I quite like the sentiment about it all. He's raising money. He's good, you know. He's not. He's not. Yeah, no, 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 I don't yeah. want you to think I'm mocking no. this. Shit. No, I don't think you are. Because remember the last thing we saw. Yeah, John. It was the most surreal event. The spoken word thing we went to. Yeah. Yeah. That was surreal. It was a bit odd. To do karaoke at the end. Well, the, he played the. Uh, he he did rise and bodies. He did. On a tr- track <laughs> with a backing track, yeah, in a church in London. Well, it was at yeah, it was at the Union Chapel. Was it? I thought it was that he was hammered as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. And he was late. Yeah, mind you, we did meet Lou Edmonds in the in the we queue. Did. <laughs> yeah. He came on his bike to the yeah. Good tied, old Lou tied his bike up against yeah. the lamppost. Now Lou Edmonds was in the damned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, hey, hey, got him in there. Hey. Yeah. So uh, and he was also in the Mekons. Was he? He was, yeah. Who were you? Exactly. Yeah. Great, great band, the Mekons. Yeah, there you go. And I and I and I know Susie from the Mekons, um, and I really like her, and I really like the Mekons. I listen to them a lot. They're a good band. So okay. shout out for Susie if you're listening. Hi, hope you're okay. Here's one. Now I remember this artist. I think he had two singles out on Small Wonder. Small Wonder was a single. Small label. Wonder put the first Crass record out. Right. Patrick Fitzgerald. And, oh, yeah, Safety Pin Stuck in My Heart. Yeah. yeah. That was in 78. Yeah. yeah. Good record. It was a good It was a bit Tom Robinson, wasn't it? Yeah, I, seem, I've got, I think I've got it. Yeah? Yeah, it's a black and white photo. Tom I really like Tom Robinson. I like Tom Robinson as well. I went to see him Two, at Glastonbury. I, I saw him at Glastonbury up last year. Up against the wall. Yeah. I, I, summer of, is it summer or winter of 79? Winter of 79, summer of 79, Tom Robinson. Well, oh, I can't remember. I've got my seasons wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he was a man for all seasons, was our Tom Robinson. <laughs> it's the summer of 79, I'm sure. Summer of 79, great track. And then, okay. I like TRB, they're good. Yeah, I liked him as well. And, yeah. you know, but I don't know what you meant by that comment of Patrick Fitzgerald was about Tom Robinson. Because it wasn't traditional. Sort of, it was singer songwriter. It was more art school, and I didn't mean it in a derogatory sense. No, no, it was a bit no, more no. Elvis Costello. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that, what I meant. It, it was, yeah, it, it was a bit Elvis Costello, a bit Nick Lowe. Yeah, a bit so, pop rock art. Yeah, so school rock. Singer songwritery, and that's yeah, what yeah. I meant. Because Tom Robinson was a singer songwriter. I mean, he wasn't like a punk. In the punks liked him. Hmm. He was very socialist workers' party with his fist album and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, but he had a, co- yeah, he had a I liked co- him. He had a cause. Oh, I'm not. You I'm know. totally not dissing Tom. And I like him on the on his Radio Six radio show as well, which they should put more of him on. Anyway, we well, where are we now? Are we doing anything about 1978, or are we just having a chat? <laughs> no, no, no. We're just having a chat. I'm just going to do this. Um, the zigzag thing. Yeah. Yeah. What else is on there? Single. Kukox Climb by Steel Pulse. Brilliant. Yeah. That's off Hansworth yeah. Revolution. It is. Yeah. And the fact that um, Two Sevens Clash by Culture is in the albums and Ku Klux Klan by Steel Pulse is in the singles shows you the the influence of what Reggae and Dub was having on, you know... Well, Don Letts has a lot to do with that. Had and a, the Clash, had Mikey Dredd at the controls. Yeah. and um, But also in there, and we'll come back to them in this episode... Extra specs. Yeah, well, we talked about them in the last episode, and I never tire of talking about them because they're one of my favourite bands. Okay, so I'll run through some quick yeah. other ones, right? And then male singer, best male singer, John Lyon. Okay, fair enough. Number two, David Bowie. Okay, probably fair enough. Number three, Elvis Costello. Oh, all fair enough, really. Four, Pete Shelley. Five, Joe Strummer. Six, Ian Dewey. Seven, Jerry Percy. 
Eight Iggy Pop. Number nine. Contentious one for me. Go on. Now, I think we mentioned this band before. Yeah. I think they might have done Airport. Who was that? Um, uh, oh, that was the Motors. Yeah, that's right. No, this is Graham Parker. Graham Parker and the, the Rumour. Rumour, that's right. Right. Is that the bit? It was he. I can't really remember them. What were their hits? Oh, God. Um... I don't think I ever got to see them. And I, I don't, there you go. I said in the first episode, there's not one band I would have wanted to see in 76, 77, 78 that I have Stick to seen. me? Not in the top 20 single? Graham Park was one. And the rumour? Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It wasn't really my thing. No, if they were playing in the back garden, I'd shut the window. <laughs> okay. You know? So, then we go to Female Singer. I can't deny top three. I thought the male singer line, this, the thing, was pretty good. Billy A.O. was at number 10. Brian Ferry. <laughs> Brian Ferry. Yeah. Right. Um, female singer. Debbie Harry, Patty Smith, Susie. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Susie in there. Nice one. Yeah. Four, so, five, and six. Polly Murray. Polly Styrene. Polly Styrene and Nico. From Velvet Underground. Yeah. Okay. That's quite an interesting one. Yeah. She was married to John Cooper Clark. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah, she was. I, I don't know if they're still together. I think the. No, she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> we should have mentioned her all No, but she died a while ago, didn't she? She's she dead. Right. Yeah, they liked the. Uh, there was a certain. I knew she was dead. There was, was a certain op- uh, poppy based substance that they both really enjoyed at the time. Yes. Yeah. I was about leave, to touch on Leave that. it at that. I think we'll leave it at that. Yeah. I think we all know where. Yeah. John Cooper Clark and Nico Wings. Yeah. On a journey. Although I love John Cooper Clark. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a total legend. You yeah. never get an apple on the Daily Express. Oh, mate. And Kung Fu fighting. <laughs> I love it all. Yeah. It was actually a John Cooper Clark record that I bought. And it was a triangle orange vinyl. I can't remember what it was. Was it Beasley Street? Yeah, Be- Beasley Street's the, the big. The, yeah, but yeah. it came in like a, a frisbee orange mm. vinyl. Maybe can work out what the name of that record is. Yeah. Email us in and get on the socials. Who else is in the female singer? Um... So who else is in the female singer? Well, you go from Nico to Ari Up. Oh, well. Which... Oh, that's quite interesting. Ari Up's in there. The album hasn't been out in 1978. I know. I know. Came out in 79, didn't exactly. it? So that's, that's Chris Needs fellow was ahead of his time. Well ahead of his time. Nice one on the slits. Number eight. Go on. And she is one of my favourite singers of all time. But it's definitely not punk. Okay. Johnny Mitchell. Oh my God. Yeah. See, that's why this is good. That's coming at you from all sides now. (laughs) (laughs) Because then it goes from Johnny Mitchell to Faye Faye to Kate Bush. Wow. And Kate Bush hadn't even been in Stranger Things at that time. (laughs) I don't think she'd been running up any hills. No. So yeah, there you go. Uh, That is the best female singer. Best dressed. The best dressed person of 1978, according to the zigzag readers poll. Right, go on. Right, because we have done fashion in these episodes. We have. Well, we called it fashion. Was yeah, yeah, we called it, it fashion. We're mail, buying, mail order PVC we're trousers. PVC yeah. Trousers out the back of the AME. Yeah. Best dressed person, Debbie Harry. Well, I mean, I, I mean, she just dressed and undressed. Well, so I'm, I'm, I'm skating very carefully around that so I don't sound like a dick. Yeah. Yeah. She's. Uh, yeah, she looked great. She, oh, just, yeah. she was one of Warhol's models. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So. She was. She was. She was. Because Blondie famously started off as part of the sort of entourage at Max's Kansas City and CBGBs. Yep. And very and and which same as Jane, that, which came out of that uh, factory. the factory. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. I mean, that, in the documentary, that really good documentary on Velvet Underground. Yeah, and she also talks not only the best dressed but the sexiest person in rock and roll. Yeah, well, I mean, is that relevant these days? Would you do that? Would you have male singer, female singer in a poll now, or would it just be best singer? Well, they tried that this year's Brits. No, no. They tried to make it one category for mm. best act. And funnily enough, it was all blokes. Yeah, weird. So it's weird. Yeah. Um, in seventy, the end of seventy eight, unknown or unsigned band. Oh, that's a good one. Who was in that? At number one was the Banshees. Susie and the Banshees. Well, unknown and unsigned, but then she's in. She's in the what was it top three of the female singer yeah, thing? I don't think Hong Kong Garden came out until Hong Kong Garden was 78. 
78. Yeah. Yeah, Hong Kong Garden. So the Scream album came out yeah. in 78, yeah. And then it's the Slits. Great band. Which is fair. We love the Slits. Yeah. Viv Albertine, we'd love you on the show. And right. then it's The Fall, who we've touched on before. Yeah. Right? Um, one of the inspirations for yeah. this podcast was The Fall podcast by Simon Wolstenholme. Yeah. 87 of Manchester. Yeah. Check it out. Love The Fall. Doll by Doll. Check Jackie Leaving. Do you remember him? Doll by Doll. No, don't no. really know a lot about that. I don't really know a lot about them either. They, they, they must have fell under my radar. Number five, the pop group. Wow. Now, that's Mark Stewart. Mark the Stewart, pop. the Mafia. And Maybe that's moving show. definitely into, yeah, he's, he's Mark, he was produced by Adrian Sherwood in later life. And, uh, and, uh, and I, I like a lot of that stuff. But that's interesting because the pop group are definitely not a punk band. They're in way that. more new wave, sort of political. I mean, they went off in the whole... Diff- off in the we whole, are all prostitutes. and all industrial. All, well, it was sort of funk. Yeah, yeah. Sort of in the in a t- and then then sort of in an album called Twenty Funk Classics. No, that was Throbbing Gristle. Was Throbbing Gristle. Jazz Funk. I'm classic. thinking. Great. I'm thinking yeah. along the sea. Yeah. Throbbing Gristle and the pop group fitted into they that did, sort yeah. of. They uh, did. Almost left field of punk. Yeah. I like Mark Stewart, and he had a lot to say. And that veneer of democracy starts to fade because he was also when he was doing that stuff with Adrian Sherwood, he was very much around the kind of whole tack head. Sort yeah, of yeah. cut up, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and that, but that was in very early '80s. So we're jumping ahead here. So anyway, good to see them in the. This was unknown, unseen band in '78. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next sort of five all went on to have. Uh, well, who wants to read that out? What's who's in the next five unknown, unsigned bands? Subway Sect, Vic Goddard. Goddard. Yeah, yeah. Quite liked them. They're sort of one of the almost made it of the sort of because they played the Hundred Club, didn't they? They were part of the. Yeah, but early... you might want to be a. Uh, very qualified and uh, popular songwriter on his own right. Oh, I'm not mocking him. Vic Goddard. Yeah. Um, he, he worked with Edwin Collins on a couple of tracks. Really? I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Pop. <laughs> what, what else is? Well, who else is in there? Let's finish up. Let's, let's otherwise. Finish up this. Yeah. Stuff little fingers. Well. Yeah. I'm just. You know. What needs to be said about stuff little fingers? Favorite, um, Brilliant band. Talented also. We've we've touched on stuff yeah. little fingers in the past. The ants. I, as in Adam and the Ants. It must be Adam and the Ants. It just says what, unknown unsigned, but shows you how... The Ants. I mean, a year later, they're like... They're like way one of the biggest, across the... Well, they're Kings of the Wild Frontier, isn't Yeah, exactly. Massive. Definitely pop. Definitely pop. Mm-hmm. The Rizzo's. Okay. The Rizzo's would have been signed at that point, because the Rizzo's were touring yeah. in 78. Yeah, well, they were with the Ramones, weren't they, on that? They were playing the Ramones yeah. at the Rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> Finsbury Park. It was definitely the Rainbow. Yeah. It was the Rainbow listeners. <laughs> yeah. No, different rainbow. No. Right, no, so who, anyone else? Penetration. Yeah, great. Yeah. So, um, okay, well, look, that's. is there anything else we want to talk about in 1978? Was there any other sections in there that sort of, I mean, we've covered off albums, singles, best bands, unknown bands. What else do they talk about? It's a good reflection in 1978, isn't it? It is, it is. I just, you know. Didn't they have like a worst-dressed person or a hated person or... Some other, I seem to Best remember. Best live group. Oh, some okay. interesting ones in the live group. Go on. Obviously, number one's The Clash. Well, yeah, they're the only band that matters. Number two is Buzzcocks. Number three, The Ramones. Number four, somebody that we need to touch on more in these podcasts. Yeah. Ian Jury and the Blog. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, five, Sham 69. Six, Graham Parker. He Bears. pops up, doesn't he? Because he's up yeah. in the head again. Yeah, I heard that rumour. Right. <laughs> hey! Hey! hey. <laughs> Uh, number eight, the Banshees. Yeah. Who were the best live group, but still unsigned and unknown yeah. at that point, right? They weren't unsigned. Number nine, Fee Mabel and the Tubes. Yeah. They were American. Yeah. And number ten was also American, the Flaming Flaming Groovies. Groovies, yeah. Um, this one, the last part of this section, this one really concerned me. The most hated person in Britain was uh, in 1978 was the DJ Tony Blackburn. Well, that's according to the readers of Zigzag magazine, of course. Was it done by the readers or was it done by... It could have been done... It must have been done by the readers. Um, and more worrying is that Tony Blackburn's at number one and Martin Webster, who is a British neo-Nazi and former leading figure of the far right in the UK, yeah. is only a number two. 
Well, Tony Blackburn was more hated than a neo-Nazi. Yeah, and there's actually two neo-Nazis in the list. Right, who else is in there? Number six, John Tyndall. I remember he National Front guy. National Front, he was a National Front guy. Yeah, he was a bit of an... But also in that list was McLaren. Was Where McLaren was hated by 78? Well, the pistols had split up, hadn't yeah, they? Yeah, so he was probably hated by them. Well, there was a feud between... Him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Maggie Thatcher. Well, of course. She, she wasn't even in power then. <laughs> still hated her. Yeah. Uh, Rod Stewart. Fair enough. Say nothing. Yeah. Why try and be Scottish when you're not? Well, just why try and be Rod Stewart? <laughs> yeah. Just get off, yeah. mate. Stop. Billy Idol, the Rod Stewart of punk. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, no. There you go. We've got it. Oh. He's even got the hair. Oh. Holding on to that bit. I'm not. Calling it forward. Uh, Peter Powell. Who was a radio yeah. one DJ? Yeah, very sort of middle of the road. Oh, shaggy pair and bad trousers. Farah, Farah trousers. You know, action That's slacks and uh, a cardigan. Isn't it like a shell suit type? No, he was not a shell. That was Jimmy Savile. Peter Powell was definitely action slacks and a pair. Yeah. Um, Nicky Horn. Who's Nicky Horn? Um. I don't know, but apparently he was one of the most hated people <laughs> in uh, 1978. Um, is, that, is, that, is that the end of the... It was, he was a radio presenter, wasn't he? Yeah, was. was clearly yeah. the radio... Shows you the radio was uh, how... Because you know, that's Tony Blackburn. Well, the transistor. The, the, the wireless. <laughs> the wireless. Yeah, the, how, how much of a role that played. I yeah. mean, we talked about John Peel and... Radio Luxembourg, didn't we last time? Yeah. Radio was definitely a lot more ingrained in and and the people that, that influenced us were people like John Peel and uh, I think it was Ken Jensen. Yeah, yeah. And the Radio Luxembourg, yeah. And Brian Ford at Radio yeah. Clyde, we spoke about yeah. it as well. Nicky Horn was in Capital. Capital's yeah. one of the most commercial radio stations in the country. So it only it's, survives off adverts. It's in the heart of London. The radio station right that's at the why, top. That's why yeah. the Clash wrote a song yeah. about it, right? Nicky Horn would never play the Clash. No. And, you know, that type of music. Yeah. This guy just looks like... He makes no... He played Brotherhood of Man, wouldn't yeah, he? Yeah, he makes no Lebanese look acceptable. Yeah, which is... So, yeah. that's who Nicky Horn okay. is. And uh, to finish off, the most hated people, John Travolta, why was he hated? Well, was because, a Saturday Night Fever? Well, because he, he, cause he went off over the hill with uh, Olivia Newton-John, and <laughs> I think a lot of kids were like really disappointed about that, especially when she came out at the end in the sort of, in the in the really cool clothes. I don't know, John. I don't know. It was a big film at the time. And, yeah, yeah. You, you disco know. was maybe punks against disco. And... Well, it was just he was in Saturday Night Fever in Greece, and you yeah, know. yeah. Well, it was disco and rock and roll. Yeah. Freddie Mercury, or as he's in this poll as. Fred Mercury. Yeah, quite like that. Right. Is he Fred? I don't know. Is he Fred or Freddy? He's Freddy, isn't he? It's not even his right name. He's, no. got, he's got some Zambian name, Freddy Mercury. So, what is that it then? Are we... No, there's one more. Go on. Bernard Brooke. Bernard Brooke Partridge? Yes. I know who he is. Go on. He was a conservative councillor for the GLC. LC, yeah, do you remember the GLC? Yes. Yeah, because they were the sort of the, you know, it was Ken Livingston was originally back. Yeah, he was leader. I know, but he wasn't he the leader of the GLC a couple of times. The GLC sort of famously sort of. Was there not another punk rock band that had a? It's GLC, yeah. Chelsea or something. Yeah. Was it Chelsea? Yeah. There was something about the GL GLC. Yeah. Um, um, so so he's in there, is he? He was trying to ban the pistols, basically. Yeah, that's right. Well, so, uh, so fair enough. So okay, look. So yeah, that really, you know, sort of wraps up. 1978. Uh, uh, do we feel confident? That Unless we're... you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we feel confident that we've covered. 78. Well, I think the zigzag polls. We have spent. We've been quite lazy, and we've spent like almost the entire podcast talking about the zigzag poll. But it is a pretty good window into nineteen seventy-eight. We won't be doing that again. No, we'll be picking something else. To yeah, I mean, are mind. we moving on to nineteen seventy-nine? Because I'm dying to talk about nineteen seventy-nine because we are because the, because the damned released machine gun etiquette <laughs> and crass released feeding the five thousand. Right on small wonder. Well, originally on small wonder, and then on on right. crass records, yeah. Because they wouldn't press 
because they wouldn't press reality asylum at the pressing factory on the small wonder version so Krauss put it out again themselves so seven bands split up in 78 the dead boys split up in 78 yeah the pistols yeah split up in 78 there's one year I remember because I watched a documentary on it on um, it's on Amazon Prime it's called Being Johnny Moped yeah Johnny Moped split up in 78 right right watch that documentary you'll love it it's got the damned in it Ultravox well Ultravox were only ever good when uh, John Fox was in them maybe that's what Ultravox split up in 78 I think yeah and one of the best American bands to release one of the best albums ever disbanded I think it was late 78 early 79 television oh yeah Marky Moon yeah I, I, although I would say that yeah I think yeah there were some good tracks but but we had a long think and deliberation about how we were going to end this yeah today and uh One of the greatest records that came out that year was my extra specs. The album was called Jeffrey Adolescence, yeah. is that right? Well, I'm not going to play that. Well, I think it is the album of 1978, and uh, I think it's a really good choice that you've picked a, uh, an X-ray specs track. Look, I've really enjoyed talking about 1978 and going through the zigzag thing and talking about some of the records and stuff. I, I think there is a lot to talk about in 78, and... We sort of seem to sort of zoom through these things, but please um, keep the feedback coming. Yeah. You know, you know the Twitter, you know the Instagram, you know the email. Dave's not punk. We've really enjoyed it tonight. I hope you have. We shall see you soon. Yeah. Take care. Thanks very much. Thanks. Bye.